Colors, a brand new single. In fact, the second ever single from uh, Los Angeles-based artist Flashbot. It's officially out everywhere on October 30th, but you can actually pick it up from Bandcamp right now at flashbot.bandcamp.com. And you can check out their other single, Replay. He's just got the two, but he's clearly been doing this a while. My laptop wants me to update right now. (laughs) Not going to happen. Oh, my name is Karin Zoe Lee, and you're listening to Night Ride FM. Later tonight, I'll be joined by my guest of honor, Tyler Lyle of The Midnight. Also, Night Ride FM is now an affiliate with The Rise of the Synths. During the uh, two weeks of the sale of the physical release of the documentary, as well as uh, some merchandise, they have uh, shirts, stickers, and uh, neck gaiters, and if you've got $300, they have a Synthrider leather jacket. 
Uh, we saw a couple of those at the premiere. Some of the uh, synth writers were wearing them. Uh, I have a couple more never-before-heard singles to debut tonight. And next up, one of my favorite locals will be releasing his new single next Tuesday, October 20th. This is User with On and On. Thank you. 
That was On and On by User. Watch for his single on Tuesday, the 20th. All right, this next one, I've been waiting for this. Von Kaiser has a few dates on the calendar that they stick to every year. Uh, A May 4th album release, uh, an August 31st EP, we had Echoes, and an October 31st single. Well, this year, I got the single a little bit early. This is Von Kaiser with Valley of Dying Stars, and you heard it here first on Night Ride FM.
That was Valley of Dying Stars by Von Kaiser. And before I bring Tyler on, we're going to hear a track from the new album from The Midnight. But after the interview, I have a few more singles I want to catch you up on. So please stick around. From their July 10th album, Monsters, this is The Midnight with Fire in the Sky.
That was Fire in the Sky by The Midnight from their most recent album, Monsters. And I happen to have on the line, Tyler Lyle. Hello, Tyler. Hello. I'm so glad you could be here. I can't believe it. So, goodness, yeah, that new album. Do we want to talk about that a bit? Sure. Yeah. We've been sitting on it for a little while. This is Tim. Tim and I. We are The Midnight. And this is our first album released on a on a label so this is the first time that we've had to jump through i don't want to call them the hoops but there was a schedule there was a process there was a you know a timeline set for us by other people so it was sort of our first time creating uh with those you know helpful constraints but it took us a little bit longer to get this one out than maybe we would have liked why's that uh just just because we needed to roll out you know the pr and things like that so how did how did you end up um, getting on a label? You know, this many albums into being the midnight. Well, you know, it, we started in 2014. Really didn't get going with the live shows until the beginning of 2018. And before then, really, it was just Tim and I. Tim ran mostly our social media, and you know, as a two man group um, until we started selling out bigger rooms than we'd ever played before. And then we thought, well, it's maybe time to get some help. So uh, we brought in a great management team and brought in some great booking agents. But in terms of record releases, we just didn't have, you know, the, the full team. So we wanted to sign to a label to kind of, you know, things like distribution. And, you know, if there's anybody, you know, at a desk who's trying to get our songs played on radio, things like that, that just sort of organically grow the thing we had kind of hit our cap on what we were able to do uh, with just our small little team yeah but goodness you're, you're still considered one of the greatest names in synthwave right now you know well that's nice <laughs> that that's why it was um it was a little surprising to see you come into night right fm it's like oh my god it's tyler lyle and everybody had the same reaction no you guys are great i mean the synthwave scene that we came into was Future Cop in college and uh, Kavinsky. It was like the very like 2011, 2012 thing. Uh, and, and Tim was just digging in at that point. And now we, you know, we feel so fortunate to, you know, on one hand, be able to sort of fiddle with the formula uh, on, on one hand, but also feel supported by such a, a close community of, of one creative synthwave artist and, and also, um, the fans of the genre. It's, I feel like it's a very inclusive, very loving community. So we're, we're, you know, stoked to still be a part of that. Yeah, I agree. I have the, the same impression and it was, it was almost immediate because I've only been involved with the community about a year. I didn't know y'all were here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We started, I think in 2012, early like spring of 2012 and it took us a, a couple years to get our first EP out, but it found its audience and, our, our fans are the reason that the music continues. So we are very grateful for that. Yeah, of course. Now, um, I gotta say the different albums have very different sounds in this, uh, this monsters. It's kind of dreamy, kind of vapor wavy, little more, I don't know what, 10 years more modern than traditional synthwave. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, synthwave in its core is kind of a syncretistic genre. Anyway, it's stealing from so many different, places and you know there are there are plenty of synthwave bloggers that absolutely hate what we've done and and are very upset at, at trap beats um, in monsters but um, mm. 
But for us, it seemed like the right time to take a few risks and to push the needle a little bit. We obviously didn't want to, you know, stretch so far beyond our boundaries that we broke, but we, we always kind of want to keep pushing to the, to the edge of ourselves. It seems, you know, more interesting creatively to uncover, you know, places and themes that we haven't dug, dug into before. So, you know, because Tim comes from the production world and because I come from the songwriter world, I think that you can kind of see those two tensions pressing into new ground on, the, on this new record and there are trap beats. So, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I, I understand some people probably want to keep hearing the same thing that they've always heard before. Like, but I'm, I'm immersed in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay too. You know, it's, um, it, I mean, God, the, the latest album that just totally floored me was Droid Bishop's um, latest. Oh, music? Yeah, music is just yeah. incredible. Like, it's just so good. And it was one of those that, like, I, I'd kind of been uh, waning off of Synthwave on my regular playlists. I usually listen to music when I run. And I, I'd gone through kind of a big dark wave phase at the beginning of the pandemic, and, and I kind of was waning until I heard Droid Bishop. And I was like, ah, that's the sound. That's... That's the sweetness right there. So, you know, it's, it's another form of music, I think, especially in 2020, um, genre and production styles. These are just palettes to, to paint on. You know, the, the, the colors can be as expansive as, as they want. All of these genres of music existed in their kind of pure form, you know, decades ago. So the idea of trying to trying to wall this off, um, you know, just didn't didn't seem as interesting to us. I'm sorry, I will cut out the sound of that jet. <laughs> <laughs> right on. I live under a flight path because I live near SeaTac. Excellent. Very cool. I love Seattle. It's one of the best cities in America. Well, I was kind of surprised to see that um, after selling out two shows in 2018, that there wasn't a stop in Seattle aside from, what was it, Bumpershoot last uh, year? We did, gosh, we played Numos twice. And I think mm -hmm. the other one was Bumper Shoot, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that was uh, 2018 that you played Numos. And oh. I met you last year in 2019 at the Wonder Ballroom in Portland right. because there wasn't a, a scheduled Seattle show for the midnight, not at a venue anyway, just um, that festival, I believe it was Bumper Shoot. Yeah, I mean, yes, we did play that and there's a you know a proximity clause and, and all of that. Oh, okay. Thank you for making the drive down to Portland. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, Bumbershoot was a lot of fun. But, you know, of course we love playing Seattle. Yeah, I, I would have loved to. I mean, it don't matter. I'll, I'll go to Portland for certain artists and Midnight's one of them. Unfortunately, that meant I had to miss your show the previous night uh, in Seattle. You had your solo show. It was a matter of child care. You know, I had to get child care for Portland, I had to pay a babysitter for 12 hours. Oh my God. I, I as a parent of a two-year-old, I understand the, uh, the, the parent <laughs> Yeah, it was a little nerve wracking. And uh, we ended up late for the meet and greet. That's why we were last. Yeah. I lucked out, I got to meet you. And I don't know if you remember, but I was the last person. <laughs> I, I absolutely remember that. That was our, I think that was our first show of that tour, right? I think it, we might have had an LA show, but I, I absolutely remember that we had a our friend Carlos cooked up steaks backstage, and it was a wild, really fun kickoff to that tour. I, so I totally remember that. I think that was our first meet and greet ever uh, that, that we met. I felt bad because that was a long line. Like that's 
that's going to take a long time. And by the time I got to, I'm like, how tired is he right now? <laughs> it's, I mean, it's really fun. It, it, I cut my teeth as a, as a folk musician playing to rooms of, you know, usually 40 to 150 people. And in those kinds of spaces, you, you can generally give everybody that wants your time, you know, at least a few minutes and, and get to know everybody. But um, once you start adding zeros to the end of that, it, it becomes a much more uh, logistical problem to do that. So I was glad that we were able to do the, the VIP you know, thing because I, I do remember the faces. And, and when I see people you know, over the course of a few, you know, these crazy people come to, to three or four shows and, and you, know, you begin to develop a rapport. And um, it's a really nice way to uh, sort of thread that needle of, of being able to give some time, but, but not, you know, have to deal with, I think we played in New York, one of our first shows, and there were just, you know, 500 people trying to, trying to flood the merch stand at the end of the night. And we're just like, okay, we have to figure out how to do this <laughs> in a more responsible way. Yes, I'm kind of grateful I live over here and not in New York where I have to contend with the crowds. <laughs> In the back, I wasn't looking for romance Just a quick slow dance And the off chance that an off night And a side glance might lead me to the wrong
teeth in the back I wasn't looking for romance Just a quick slow dance And the off chance that an off night And a side glance might lead me to the wrong hands So uh, this does this scavenger hunt that you told me about have anything to do with uh, the the codes and the hints I keep hearing about on the Midnight Twitter page? It definitely does. Um, yeah, before we put out monsters, we wanted to with, with the artwork, with the references and the in the lyrics, we wanted to be able to kind of create this world, putting Ray Kurzweil books on the on the shelf and and you know, subtle movie references and Dungeons and Dragon dice on the floor. We wanted to just kind of make subtle nods to a, a specific world. And we wanted to build that world through this scavenger hunt. It's been really fun. We started, I guess it was two weeks ago. We asked the internet if anybody had a, a, a secret floppy disk that had 1991 on it. And somebody somebody did. We, we mailed those out as kind of a special edition coaster set. Um, but one of those floppy disks had a had a text file on it, and it said the clue is 1991, and you can find the answer online. And it took the online community, uh, I think, like eight hours to decipher a very specific code in our track 1991, and, and um, found the website where we've kind of skinned this old school DOS text box. And every day for I think 15 days, we're giving out subtle hints and, and giving goodies like B-sides and alternate demos and work tapes, things like that, uh, other artwork that wasn't used. So it's a really fun way for us, since we're not able to tour this fall, um, to be able to interact with the, the fans. I think there are you know four or 500 people in the Discord every day, and Tim and I are both in there asking questions and, and you know just being able to interact because we, we miss that our fan community is you know the the most fun thing about what we get to do so yes and the um the the secret and and you're airing this after the secret will be revealed is that the um the people who are tracking with the scavenger hunt will, will be able to hear um, an advanced copy of an album a five song ep that they don't know exists yet Ooh. it's a it's a halloween ep it's, uh, I think we're, we're calling it horror show. We wanted to imagine what was going on on this, uh, you know, static television in this kid's room on the cover art. And so, um, so Tim and I sort of dug into the old, like 50s and 60s horror movies, Twilight Zone, Plan 9 from Outer Space, um, Creature from the Black Lagoon, uh, like this kind of era of, of television, these things that you would sort of stumble upon when you just had like a, an old tube television in the 80s. I remember mine, you had to turn with a, a plier. And I remember seeing so many sort of creepy old, old movies, uh, you know, after midnight by myself. And so it, it's a five song EP, one song's a, a cover uh, of a Bruce Springsteen song, but the others are about ghosts and devils and, and you know, samurai warriors. And we just had a really fun time writing it. It's, it's uh, in, in an adjacent universe, but it's not sort of uh, the big continuation of the kids trilogy that we're making. So yeah, so the, the scavenger hunt leads into that to that information and it's just so much fun to kind of check in every morning with the uh, with the discord group and and see them trying to solve the new clues oh that's cool that sounds like fun it's great yeah. Codes and stuff. yeah it's and some of the some of the clues are really hard uh 
computer programming stuff that that some of our our computer whizzes take the lead on, and some are like the other day we just threw up a picture of Vega from、uh, Street Fighter, and somebody went to Vega in Copenhagen and found a, a, a piece of paper that linked it to、uh, Martin Luther King's birthplace in Atlanta. So they had to wait for people in Atlanta to wake up to go over to the to the site, and we included a a whole cassette tape and USB、uh, thumb drive of、uh, I think seven or eight like alternate demos and work tapes and things like that. So it was it's it's a collaborative you know pursuit, and it's really fun and really rewarding. That must mean you have connections out in Copenhagen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we definitely have connections. Tim is Tim is from Copenhagen. I'm from Atlanta. I hid the tape. Oh,、uh, he's home. Okay.、Uh, actually, it was his brother that did it. I'm not sure if that's.、Okay. I, I'm not sure if we should reveal all of our sources, but yeah, Tim's <laughs> family still in Copenhagen. I can clip it. It, it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it's fine. You know what this reminds me of? Cicada. Ooh, Do you know、that? anything about Cicada? No, tell me about Cicada. They did exactly what you're doing, or what you did with the the contest.、Um, I don't know a whole lot about it, but it was、um, a picture of a cicada and a barcode or a, a square code or something was appeared in a city one night, and、um, there were several copies of it, and people scanned into it, and they were given the beginning of a code, and Just like your fans had to do, they had to go to these different places,、uh, physical clues around the world.、Um, people with the technical background would have to get in on this. To、uh, coders would have to get in on this. Like every type of knowledge is required, and in the end, they were supposed to find somebody who was a good candidate for something. They weren't telling, and it's a huge mystery. And I don't think anybody really knows where it started. So fun, yeah. I'm I'm looking at it right now. The most elaborate and mysterious puzzle of the internet age. That sounds really fun. <laughs>、um, I thought maybe you got your inspiration from that, but we the the first day of the scavenger hunt, we saw the term ARG, which stands for alternate reality game. And so I did a deep dive in in ARGs, and it, it seems like they tend to. Come out often as like Cloverfield had a big one. The the TV show Alias had one. Lost, you know, the, with the posters, they they tend to you know be a marketing campaign, but generally are much more immersive. You know, learning about the history was really cool. I think we're partly doing that, and we're partly I don't know what you I don't like I don't know what it's called. I, I also like unfiction is also in this in this realm. But、uh, none of us were experts on this when we when we started. I just wanted to create a little a little cat and mouse game to offer some some treats to maybe like go a little deeper on say T. S. Eliot's、uh, Four Quartets or、uh, Ray Kurzweil's Intelligent Machines or Fire in the Sky. These these things that were sort of in the back of our minds when we were creating our last album to sort of. Lovingly tricked the fans into doing a little bit of work to、uh, to to dig in and and see what we were seeing as we were kind of coming up with this world. I guess the、uh, third and final part of the trilogy. Are, are you? You don't have to say anything about it, but you already you already started. <laughs> <laughs> right.、Um, yeah. So the story goes like this. It was 2017 in the fall, just before our second show at the Globe in LA, and、uh, Tim. Gave me a call and had been tinkering with some some demos, and he said, "I think the next record should be called Kids." 
And I said, well, uh, that is fortuitous because my, my wife, Anna, had just gotten, we found out we were having a kid. So, um, so it, was, it was a nice serendipitous moment. But it also meant that my time over the following year was, was pretty short. We had all these big plans, we had all these big dreams, uh, and it turned out to be a little too ambitious for what we actually had time for. So um, rather than trying to overstuff the album Kids, we thought, well, maybe let's take a slice of this and, and um, have, have the kid grow up. So Monsters is kind of our take on, on adolescence and, of course, you know, adulthood and, and squaring yourself with projections that maybe didn't come true in the way that you thought they would specifically sort of this idea of nostalgia itself you know is, is it uh is it a kind of nectar is it a kind of medicine or is it or is it some kind of distraction from real life you know and i i think the answer is always that it's both but um but we wanted to kind of tell the story of a kid individuating uh growing up into himself and uh we wanted to tell it through the lens of of nostalgia so yeah, so we have another album. Uh, we have a couple songs written for it, but we're Tim and I are going to go find a, a cabin in the woods in December and and start to put some some real work into it. By cabin in the woods, you mean no internet, not telling anybody anything until it's done. I don't know if it's uh, <laughs> maybe not that intense. Uh, there's a studio <laughs> in, in Northern California, and I hope they have internet access. But uh, but yeah, we'll we'll you know we'll be out there together for a week and, and he has his notebook full of ideas and I've got my notebook full of ideas. So um, hopefully we'll get some good, good creative sparks going. So the, the, the style of the music makes me wonder what you guys have been listening to lately. Oh man. Besides Droid Bishop. <laughs> yeah. I can't speak for Tim. Actually I can because we, we we're both huge fans of Droid Bishop. We have, um, have mutual friends. Um, Jacob Sesney, who played saxophone for us on, on a run uh, earlier last year, I believe it was the Europe uh, Knows the Fellow. I can't remember his name. What's, what's, what's his uh, James? James, that's it. Um, I, I think they both played in Mike Posner's band together. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's a small world, musically speaking. Gosh, okay, I'm looking at my playlist. A lot of Major Lazer, a lot of Carpenter Brute. A lot of justice, the Tigre. That's on my that's on my running playlist. My, my living room playlist has just a ton of Marvin Gaye and Otis Redding and Ray Charles and David Bowie, James Brown, Mina Simone. That's what's been in my head the last couple months. I've always found it interesting how uh, you and your music, Tyler Lyle, and your your voice has such a modern sound, and how that fits with the the retro sounds that I guess Tim has been making. Um, are you an, like an 80s fan? Yeah, of course. Um, my The first couple records, I, I would say that my dad was a country musician. He is a country musician. And I grew up listening to mainly country um, just because I grew up in the rural south. But I, I definitely remember Huey Lewis and the News. Sports was a, a record that I had in my bedroom as a child and Tina Turner what's love got to do with it and the Eagles and James Taylor and I feel like I, I got a certain flavor of the 80s which was maybe more Dwight Yoakam and uh, Garth Brooks centric but I, I definitely even just through osmosis the, the the Peter Gabriels and the Genesis and the Ario Speedwagon and you know all those things all those things were there it was much later really after college that I got into craft work and suicide and kind of the pioneers in this in this world 
I'm always looking for what I can steal from. And, and it's not the form that I want to steal from. It's the energy. It's the vibe of the thing. And I, and I don't think that that energy is confined to a, a specific genre or sound. I, I love, you know, West African, like Afro-funk and Bambula and Caribbean beats and, you know, singer-songwriter folk music and mainstream country from the 90s. And, and you know, I, I think all of those things can contribute uh, to the to the final product, but yeah, I'm I'm very much a com- combined, not confined sort of listener. Would Would you say that the influences are are different um, between what you write for yourself and what you write for the Midnight? No. So the the process generally works like this. I am I don't consider myself a very good songwriter, but to make up for that, I, I spend every day that I'm at, at home uh, writing songs and. 99 out of 100 of those uh, songs and lyrics sort of go in the waste paper basket, but um, the things that sort of survive get, you know, a, a place on my hard drive and they might turn into a, a folk song or they might turn into a midnight song or they might turn into a, a, a pop co-write. I, I did and do a lot of pop co-writing still. So, but it's the same formula. It's my voice and it's my, uh, my lyrics. I definitely, you know, don't need to use as many lyrics on a Midnight Song because I feel like Tim is telling a, a story as well with his production. So, you know, to leave room for a melodic hook or for a, a vocal chop or something like that. Um, but but at, at the bare bones of it, it springs from the same source. The differentiation comes in the editing process of it. Gotcha. So it's always Tyler Lyon at the heart of it, and that's the same heart. It works best when I've I have a rough sketch and Tim has a rough sketch, and we can flesh flesh it out together. But Tim Tim is much more uh, sort of project oriented, and I am much more process oriented. I, I just like to have the blank page at the beginning of every day that I can kind of uh, chuck away at. Put two beating hearts together, stitch the seams and pull the levers, strange desires, sparks and wires. I sign the dotted line and tethered yours to mine, no anesthetic for hearts electric. Parts start to decay when just your shadow happens. Hope lingers on 
How's your creativity been during these um, weeks of isolation? Huh. It's, I mean, obviously it's, it's been hard to, to sort of stay sane and, and to not be grieving the, the state of the world right now. But there is also an element to where creativity is kind of a, a respite. It's kind of a, a resting place for me. So when I pull out the acoustic guitar or, or, or the synthesizer, that there's a, there's a level of, of rest and restoration that happens in that in that process. So um, my my creative whatever it's called, um, my relationship with the the muse or the daemon or the spirits, um, it's good. It's 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 been good for a while, and I, I don't know why that is. Other than a few years ago, I learned to kind of work uh, enough so that it became rest. Um, and so that's that's kind of how I view it. And the last few months, honestly, uh, have been incredibly creatively productive, way more productive than, you know, when we were touring 100 dates last year. 100? Oh, wow. I didn't realize how long that tour was. Yeah, I, I, I don't know the exact number. I think it was it was close to 100. We played our 100th show in uh, in London. So we hit 101, 103 total shows. We played two this year. Uh, before the pandemic um, so yeah mm-hmm. last year we we kind of put monsters together in the back of a tour bus which is you know a, a good enough way to do it but it's really nice to have the time and the space to to really sink your teeth in and, and you know enjoy the process i heard uh that you set a date in what was it scotland for march or was it london that we that we set a date for the album no for a performance Oh yeah, we we announced the tour, and um, if if we can do it, we will. Um, right now, it seems a little iffy as to whether these governments will allow us Americans over, um, and we will only play the shows if it's safe. But uh, but yes, there are tour uh, tour dates on the books for uh, February and March of 2021. Yeah, I hope that works out for you guys because I want to travel too. Yeah, I to come out there. Yeah. Um, I know people were talking about possibly doing like a double dip of the uh, Ollie Ride in the midnight because your shows are like two nights back to back or one after the other or something. And a lot of a lot of internationals were going to travel for that weekend to try and catch both of you. Yes. That was, 
I was hoping to. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a quandary, eh? Um, yeah, we when we announced our 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 dates in London, those, those dates have been locked for over a year, and it was only after we released that we realized that our friend Ollie Ride had a had a date on a similar night. So um, there were talks. I don't I don't know how much I can go beyond that, but. Um, uh, we we love Ollie and would never do anything to sort of uh, upset the apple cart. He's he's you know he and Colin were there our our very first show, our second show, uh, as well, and uh, remain really good friends. We played the Firefly Festival last summer, so um, yes, uh, we were going to try and figure out how to combine and not confine that too, though the um, the UK government might not let the whole thing happen anyway. So TBD. We'll ask the virus how it, it's feeling in a couple months. Uh, yeah, I mean, even depending on what their rules are or what our rules are, right. we might not be welcome unless we want to quarantine for two weeks. Right. I don't have that option. I don't know that anybody does. Right. Yeah. It's the idea of playing a European tour and having to quarantine two weeks for every country that we wanted to go into would, would make that tour difficult. But still on the books. Who knows what's going to happen? Um, you know, we'll just wait and see for now. Yeah. Slight chance I'll see you there. <laughs> <laughs> right on. I got to talk the husband into it. <laughs> well, uh, th this is maybe a good segue. Um, by the time this airs, we will have announced uh, a live stream, which is going to happen at the end of uh, October. And awesome. we're getting our friends Jupiter Winter to, to play with us. And um, it's going to be fun. We're working on the set list right now, but you know, just being able to have our crew back together, like our poor lighting guy, our sound guy, like everybody's been just sort of waiting to, 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 to get out there again. So this is an opportunity for us to kind of get the, get the team back together and play the songs. And, and, you know, hopefully it's a moment where we can kind of, um, you know, in the midst of all this insanity, three days before the election, uh, just kind of be able to celebrate and, and be together. But, uh, but that's coming up soon as well. So um, kind of, kind of three, three big things going on this month, even in quarantine, we're still, we're still very busy. Oh yeah. I, I feel like people are losing steam with the, uh, the live streams. Like people aren't doing them as much anymore, the concerts. Yeah. Well, this one, this one's going to be a little bit more of a, of a spectacle. We're, we're renting out a, an amphitheater in Southern California and we'll have a full light show and it'll be, you know, it'll be professionally done. It won't be like the last one where Tim and I are, you know, on, on separate uh, video screens. Um, we'll, we'll have everybody safely together. So I, I hope that this will be, uh, you know, a, a little bit bigger of a moment, but you're right. It's a weird, it's a weird time for, for touring musicians. The, the audience is kind of half of the draw of a live show. It's, it's to be there together singing and not, not alone so um, we'll see how we can recapture that magic yeah it's got to be hard because i know everybody in the room plays off of everybody else's energy you know even sure. as a fan i know that and um i mean it helps to have everybody on one screen but it's it's like it's like watching these sports with no spectators mm -hmm. nobody's cheering for you and it doesn't feel the same <laughs> right. i'm sure but um hopefully they know and you know that we are <laughs> on the other side of our screens. We all are. It makes you realize we've lost, and I think there's something legitimate to to mourn there. There's a, a 
It's called collective effervescence. That's what Emile Durkheim, a French sociologist, calls it. But this idea of like the energy that we create when we're in close proximity to one another, we, we become a, a hive. Um, and there's a there's a kind of egolessness that's created in that moment that's just intoxicating. And I think that that's that's what we're all missing right now is that sort of the, the pause on the on the ego for a second. And, and in, instead of being an I, you know, 24 hours a day for for a couple hours, at least you can be a we. And that's just, you know, I think that's something we need as people uh, to experience frequently. And we, we, you know, haven't since this thing started. Is this just a uh, just a midnight and Jupiter winter show this time? I believe so. Yeah, unless unless there's some kind of late late edition thing, but it's um, you know nobody knows how it's going to go. We don't. Uh, there's so many variables that we sort of can't account for uh, in, in terms of you know, how many people will be watching and whether you know or not we have the the, the budget to really pull this off. So um, we're we're being safe and we're being conservative, and uh, yeah, it's just going to be us. I believe. Did you have a date for that? I believe it's October 31st. Or maybe it's October 30th. Let me see. Got my calendar. The 30th is a Friday. Um, yeah, the 30th is a Friday live stream broadcast. Um, and I believe we're announcing that Tuesday the 13th. So. Okay. And um, you have an upcoming appearance on this station again on a different show, don't you? Yes! Yeah, we get to talk to Jules and Dennis. Uh, on the State of Synth? Yeah, on the State of Synth next week. Uh, I'll, I'll be in LA for, for practice, and so Tim and I will be together at last. I haven't seen him since February, so I'll oh, wow. owe him a big hug. He's been in LA this whole time? You've been in Atlanta? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Mm. He, he moved a couple weeks ago. He's the, the Halloween EP was kind of put together relatively quickly for us once he was done with that he's taken a little bit of a break for the past few weeks so he adopted another dog and he's Mm -hmm. living in uh living in los angeles was there anything else we wanted to touch on before wrapping up with our farewells the reason I, i wanted to come on and talk is just to sort of as a sort of word of gratitude to the synthwave community. I, I know that we've sort of stretched boundaries and, and lost a, a little bit of love here and there, but it's like, um, I think of the synthwave community as two different things, right? It's it's a genre of music with, with some, you know, classifications that are, that are, you know, you can see everywhere, but it's also the people that are, are making the music and consuming the music. And it's such a such a positive and encouraging and loving community to be a, a part of. Even even just on our channels, seeing, you know, if somebody's having a hard time, there are plenty of people that are that are going to step in and give them encouragement. Um, last year for our, our shows, you know, there were plenty of people who were coming solo and our fans would reach out and just embrace them. And, and the reason that we're making music is because of this fan community. And we, we just want to know that, like, you know, we're paying attention. We're listening to the, you know, the latest Primo album and we're listening to like Arcade High and, and like our ears to the ground. And we have so much love for this community. So um, thank you for doing what you do. And uh, we're just stoked to be, uh, you know, a small part of it. We're stoked to have you. We're we're so excited that we each got you on each of our shows, and I've been a, I've been a fan of the Midnight for a long time before I knew there was a community. 
And to me, it's it's like looking at a celebrity. You know what I mean? I'm yeah, I know, I know. I <laughs> but then it just turned into uh, a really small world where there are no celebrities. Yeah, it's it's right. There's I've I've said this before that synthwave in you know the the twenty teens is like a small like regional rock band in a way. It's like what the you know what the Detroit scene was back in the '70s. It's like a small community of people, even though we're not geographically, you know, centered. It feels like it all came out of this this one kind of small community, this little pocket on the internet that's just stoked about about being in close proximity with other people who are stoked about the same thing. So, um, you know, that that wasn't super clear, but it's. It, it's one of these sort of phenomena that, that couldn't have happened at any other time. Um, and I think as bad of a rap that, as social media gets these days, like it, it definitely created a lot of very cool internet communities that, that drew people who loved similar things together into community and that community wouldn't have existed otherwise. We feel super grateful to be a part of this and we're you know certainly not we're standing on the shoulders of, of giants here like there was a this scene existed 10 years ago in a lot of different ways and a lot of those bands have have come and gone but the core components are still there love and nostalgia and kind of this romanticism and the blurry visions of the past a, a quest for origins that those are kind of spiritual pursuits and we're excited to be able to call that our job to like dig in that territory we're beyond grateful to be a part of this community oh it's so nice tyler everybody who meets you says you know they're such cool guys you know i say that too (laughs) well uh you know i did the touring the country in my hatchback for 10 years and so we we sort of recognize what a what a privilege it is to be able to have this this platform and tim tim was struggling in la as a music producer for a long time as well and so um we we recognize how how very fortunate we are to be a part of this community and we're trying to do right by it well, i want to thank you for coming on the show tyler thank you for having me this has been great do we want to play off with uh, a song from the halloween ep or should we hold off on that yeah let's do it let's try it um let's um our friend Nikki Flores did a song with us on this new The Horror Show EP, and it's a Bruce Springsteen cover called Because the Night. Oh, absolutely. Um, is this available on Bandcamp as of Friday the 16th? It's a good question. I think it's available on our website uh, for download, and we'll press vinyl and, and do all that stuff. Okay. Thank you again, Tyler. It's been amazing talking to you. I can't great. believe I'm doing this. <laughs> So um, we're going to play off with something from the Midnight's new Halloween EP horror show. And this is a Bruce Springsteen cover that they did with their friend Nikki Flores. Song called Because the Night. Have a good night.
was the midnight and nikki flores with because the night and in the chat room we were kind of arguing about <laughs> who did it originally uh three of us said three different things um i said pat benatar uh i'm not scrolling up whatever we were all right so peace be with you <laughs> so uh hedatronic is in the room and he's one of my favorite locals too and you know what i i think when this covid thing finally ends i gotta convince this guy to go live so he came out with this single um last week last week the 10th saturday mm -hmm. and i missed it i haven't played it on the show yet but i need i need for you to hear it. this is hideotronic with pretend
Pretend by Hideotronic. Yeah, Seattle. He belongs to Seattle. He's mine. I found him. We're going to get you on stage, buddy. We have to. <laughs> There's just no two ways about it. Can't wait for the venues to open up again. My God. Mm. Okay, so I have another single. Um, this one is from TW1 artist Palm Lakes. Yeah, they're the uh, Englishmen living out in Taiwan right now. And every single they've put out so far has been a banger. And I have a new one. They just released it today. This is Palm Lakes with Desert Love.
That was Desert Love by Palm Lakes. And I have reached the end of my show. I have one more song left for you. Uh, I just want to thank you all for listening in. This has been a wonderful turnout. Everybody in the chat room, so many people going in and out. And I know uh, you're tuning in on, on Night Ride Discord. And I know some of you are tuning in from the Midnight Discord. So I want to thank you. And Shugo, thanks for plugging the show with the Midnight Discord. And thank you for the link. I'm in there now. So yeah, tag me. Say hi. Well, let's talk. So my name is Karin Zoe Lee, and you've been listening to Night Ride FM. I have one more single for you. This was released today as well. This is New Time Cop with Josh Daly on a song called Falling. Thank you and have a good night. Last night I dreamed to you. It's been a while since we spoke. And in the dream we stay Up all night To daylight Everybody needs some time alone To feel right It's alright You know I'm only down the phone If you need Yeah.